Happy New Year! Welcome to the Year of the Rabbit, or if you're Viet, it's the Year of the Cat. But we'll come back to that in a little bit. This is your internet uncle, and we've got some news for you. So, we're going to be moving on from my life experiences, from my memories. It's time to move away from being full of myself to being wrong about Vietnamese history and culture. So, if you're like me, and you're a Vietnamese guy or gal, born not in Vietnam, and you ever have the itch to find out more about your people's culture, your parents' culture, it can be kind of tough to kind of get through all the chaff and the noise and figure out what your people are all about. You know, where did you come from? Who are your ancestors? You know, maybe you have this drive like me, or maybe not, to learn about things you never knew you want to know. But you may ask, wait, John, aren't you Chinese too? Well, yeah, but I'm closer to my Vietnamese background than my Chinese. You know, I don't speak Mandarin. I don't speak Cantonese. I don't count ordering dim sum as speaking Cantonese. You know, and the most comfort I get from food is from Vietnamese food, not so much from Chinese food. Even though when Vietnamese people, people have banquets, they do go to Chinese restaurants for it. Make of that what you will. Though, as we start going into Vietnamese history and Vietnamese culture, you can find that you never really get away from the Chinese. They're kind of just there all the time. But we will get to that in later episodes. So one of the other reasons I wanted to kind of look more into Vietnamese history and culture is that in North America, there's just this obsession about, you know, what, it's called the Vietnamese War, or if you're Vietnamese, the American War. And having looked into, you know, libraries and Amazon and other booksellers, it's very evident by the ratio of books about the American War, which is easily greater than 50%, compared to anything else about Vietnamese people, whether it's memoirs or boat people, books about Vietnamese recipes. There's the odd book about Vietnamese, actual Vietnamese general history. Not many, and even less, they're actually good. So tied into this is that, you know, asking my parents and talking to other Vietnamese people, there's kind of an assumption that they assume that you know what they know. They don't explain everything fully. They kind of may explain some things but maybe skip a part or two because they just think it just automatically pops in their, your brain because, you know, if they grew up with it. Apparently you should have grown up with it too, even though they may have grown, grown up in Vietnam while you grew up someplace else. And, you know, if you start your search in Wikipedia, which I did, and I know a lot of people do, I won't say it's not a good place to start, but if you want to get more into depth, it's not a good place to go. It's inaccurate. There are contradictions between directly linked pages. There are inconsistencies with using diacritics, the various accents and different characters used by the Vietnamese written language. Right? So there are limitations to that, but it is a good starting point. So for this podcast, I'd like to focus on talking some history highlights you know this i'm not a historian right but kind of 
point out some of the more interesting bits and pieces of Vietnam's really long and storied history. It's not just, you know, the, the almost 20 years from 63, sorry, let's wind it back a little bit. It's actually from 55 to 73 that the Americans were directly involved in Vietnam. Or, you know, the French period of colonization of Vietnam, which is about 100 years. Or even, you know, the thousand years of various periods of time where China had its boot on Vietnam's neck. Right? There's more to it than that. There's a number of Vietnamese legends, some of which are actually starting to appear in various sources, including games like Civilization, of all places. And learning about the various rebels, you know, throughout Vietnamese history. They tended to lose, but man, did they make a name for themselves. And also a number of historical coincidences. So that's enough about history. I'm going to try to keep it so you know, it's not as boring as what you learn or the kind of studies you have in, in school and whatnot. We'll focus on the good stuff. Well, what I think is the good stuff anyways. Another thing I wanted to point out is cultural quirks. And... Of course, you know, I have to understand, you know, I, I have a bias. I was not born in Vietnam. I am an outsider looking in for a lot of these things. But I did have a Vietnamese-born spouse. So I got some insight from her, you know, directly and passively. And, you know, also, in, you know, interacting with Vietnamese people, you know, that's kind of limited nowadays. But there are various things you can talk about, you know, why Vietnamese people do certain things. Various stories I actually never heard of, so we're going to have a little uh, bit of story time now and then. Apparently, there's quite a few stories. There's even actually a Vietnamese Cinderella story. And going through the Coles notes, oh boy, it is something else. But we'll, we'll get to that. And there's actually a number of cults. Some of them are, which are still going pretty strong. So the Gao Dai and the Hua Hao. You know, these are relatively modern, uh, I believe, Christian or Christian-like based cults. Very interesting. And actually going back to you know, the Chinese zodiac or the Asian zodiac. So I mentioned that this is the year of the cat for Vietnamese people and not the year of the rabbit. So I did a little bit of digging and I found a couple of sources on why that is. So... One source from The Voice of America was an interview with a Vietnamese cultural specialist from Vietnam. And that Vietnamese individual mentioned that, you know, cats caught rats in, you know, the field, rice fields. So they were liked a little bit more. The years of the mouse and the rabbit are relatively close together. Just think about it. And it doesn't seem right. But in any case, it... I guess someone decided that, you know, you can't have two, two rodents representing, uh, you know, spots in the Zodiac. So why not turn one into not a rodent, into a cat? And this is a little more, uh, more of a headache. There used to be a Chinese word for rabbit. And it sounded very much like the Vietnamese word for cat, meow. I asked my mom this. My mom is ethnically Chinese, born in Vietnam. Right? She knows Mandarin, Cantonese, Fujianese, a couple other ones, right? And she could not recollect a Chinese word 
for rabbit that sounded like cat there you know i actually looked it up right the mandarin is like a a two syllable word and the cantonese word is something completely different so i found a different article from 20, 2011 from the northwest asian weekly that there was a very seldom used word for rabbit from china not sure which chinese language but it was pretty old and it was pronounced now i don't know what the accent's supposed to be so i'm just going to pronounce it anglicized mao and that morphed into male but to make it sound closer to the chinese word it's not the same accent as what cat is in vietnamese which is male it's actually pronounced male I know it sounds very similar, but it is different. I have had my old man explain this to me. So someone decided, you know, we can't have two rodents or, and we have a Chinese word for cat. We're going with cat. So Vietnamese have the year of the cat for this year. Now, looking at Wikipedia, again, we're going to take this with a grain of salt. You know, Vietnam is not the only peoples who use the year of the cat for the for uh, instead of rabbit the gurung people in india also do this there's actually a number of differences in chinese zodiac too i'm actually looking at it right now and, uh i suggest looking it up because some of them are pretty interesting there's some, some that include snails naga fish or crocodile hedgehog and whale actually that's a, apparently a persian thing I didn't realize Persian, or now Iranians, uh, use the Chinese zodiac. I guess some people, their peoples do. So these are the fun little tidbits, you know, like to bring to light. And of course, we got to talk about Vietnamese food. Now, putting politics aside, you know, if everyone probably has seen, and if you have not, you should definitely see when Anthony Bourdain and Barack Obama, you know, went to eat at a northern Vietnamese restaurant. They, they ate bung cha. So that table is actually now encased in glass at that restaurant. That's a table where the President of the United States had lunch one day. Right. And boy, I've been doing a bit of research and I've been compiling a list of entries. I'm up to 500 various Vietnamese dishes. There are duplicates to be fair and some of them are just variations on the theme. But boy, there is quite a bit to talk about. And that's not including the really gross stuff we eat. I think generally in the South. But the ties in the culture, and we'll get there there in a bit. So it's a little more meta right now. This podcast about Vietnamese culture and history, it's going to be named YNS and not a V. And we'll go into that. It'll be running alongside the final year of Your Internet Uncle's episodes, which have been scheduled for release of 2023. Though, to be fair, I know most people don't listen to this, except for our favorite listener, actually our only listener, besides Dennis. You know, But he knew what he signed up for when he, <laughs> he got into editing this. He's making a face right now. But again, thank you to Dennis and our listener, Frankfurt. But this will be released side by side, and going forward from 2023, it would just be this and the podcast about Vietnam. And we'll see how long she goes. 
And again, Happy New Year. Welcome to the Year of the Cat. This is your internet uncle. Catch you later.